Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Kuhn, joined as always by my older brother, Michael. I do feel like I'm always here. You you are now like the... the sta- I used to be the staple. Yes. I still feel like I am here a lot of the time. I've missed a couple. Yeah, we're missing Mark tonight. He's got a lot of things happening in his life, including moving to a new apartment this week, and so he uh, is absent and it's just the two of us tonight. Just the two of us tonight in the middle of this Ravens-Chiefs game, watching the, the, the Ravens get... Beat down right now. It's 27-10, to 10, so beat, that could change. Beat up, but. honestly. It's been enjoyable. Um, watch the Browns go above 500 yesterday, which was an unbelievably special treat. It was also our grandfather's birthday, and so we had a chance to give him a call. On this call, you're going to hear a lot of people in the background. You you hear uh, our father, uh, you hear our aunt, you hear a little bit of Nancy in the background. So we got to talk to the whole fam. So so this is this is what they had to say. Go Browns! Go Browns! Go Browns. We're we're two and one. We're above five hundred. <laughs> How sweet it is, huh? I know. I never thought I'd see the day. And what a great birthday gift. Happy birthday, Grandpa. Yeah. Thanks, Matthew. Not bad for 59, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm almost 60. Well, what did you think, Grandpa? What did you think of that game? Well, I, was, I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I, think, well, I think Ward got hurt again. He, I think he, he, they pulled him out of the game. And, I was, and Richardson did had a pretty good game and uh, miles Garrett, they didn't do a damn thing until the last, so, but it came in. He did it at a most opportune time though. <laughs> well, that was one heck of a play. He kind of did yeah, it all yeah, yeah. on that one play. If you're only going to do one thing, that's the thing to do. Yeah. 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 If you had him as a fantasy player, how many points you get for something like all those things? Well, I can tell you because I have him as a fantasy player and that got me about 10 or 11 points on that one one particular wow. play. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you get the sack, you get the forced fumble, and the fumble recovery, which is it adds up quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, all in all, it was a nice birthday present. It was. Honestly, I don't feel that great about the brand. I mean, they, they took advantage of the opportunities that they were given, but um, – the offense was pretty miserable throughout most yeah. of this game. It was. It was. Well, they kept trying to they kept trying to punch into the middle of that damn line, and they never got the first base doing it. They was, you know, Chubb. It wasn't for Chubb got through a couple times, which was good. But for the most time, they they were just pounding their head against the wall. Yeah, Chubb finished with like 110 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Like he actually had a good day. It didn't feel like it though. It felt yeah. like we were just getting stuffed each time. Yeah, well, when he had 102, I was thinking, I said, boy, I hope this guy at least gets 100 yards this, this game. And he just thought toward the end, he finally got it. So, great. That, and that catch by Hunt was unbelievable. <laughs> One-handed catch. It was insane. To have a running back make a catch like that is uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One-handed even. <laughs> Well, well, Dad, did you uh, crack open a beer and enjoy one with Grandpa during the game? Uh, no. Your father wouldn't even make a beer for the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in all fairness, Grandpa wasn't drinking one either. <laughs> he was just trying it was, to be it was polite. A dry game. Uh, well, you didn't need a beer I, for this game. I think it was... you guys probably drank enough beer for it, didn't you? We we had we had some libations, but that was not the particular variety we chose tonight. Grandpa, you ever you ever had a white claw? A what? A white claw. No. It's a it's a hard seltzer. I think you would like it. I think Nancy would even like it. We'll get you guys into it. Hard seltzer. Yeah. yeah. Your your son likes it a lot. If that tells you anything, really? well, I I can't stand uh, like beer. It tastes does it, does it, does it worse? It's worse than that, right? Grandpa, all you drink is light beer. No, Not he drinks me. Bud Heavies. No, no, I, Budweiser, regular Budweiser is the only beer to drink. Other than that, ain't worth a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I've I've been forced to drink a, a light beer one. Let's see, 
where was it? One time after golf, we went out and they had, I was forced to have a the picture of Bud Light and my God, that was going to barf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, well, you probably wouldn't like White Claw then, Grandpa. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, probably not. Who makes it? Um, it's actually Mike, the same company that makes Mike's Hard Lemonade is who makes it. It's They're, they're like fruit flavors. It's like LaCroix or like flavored seltzer, but it has liquor in it. Hard Lemonade. Boy, that makes me, it gets me excited. <laughs> he's, lo- he's losing respect for us by the minute. All right, let's change, let's change the subject. Um, Grandpa, do you realize when, do you know when the last time the Browns were, uh, it had a winning record? I think I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels like it, doesn't it? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know when it was. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't quote any years. When was it? I think it was 2014 um, when we uh, were seven and four that season. At After one we point. beat the Falcons, we were seven and four. Uh, um, no. It's been a while. Let's just put it that way. We were at okay, that I was I was uh, hoping that uh, Mayfield would have a, a pretty good day. He he didn't have a great day, but but uh, he he wasn't too bad. He ate the ball too damn many times. I think it was a lot of coverage sacks over there for him. But uh, he 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 didn't have to eat the ball. He could have thrown it away. But, he did okay. It. it we just the offense didn't get in a flow until the second no, half. Like they couldn't no. figure him out. Like. It seemed like Washington was like playing us really tight, and we did. It didn't seem like whatever game plan we had in place was particularly effective. Yeah, well, I guess the, after about the first couple of series, game plan goes down the tube. You got to do what's going to work for you. you yeah, know? and they adjusted, and they they made it happen in the second half. I was proud of them. <laughs> But again, again, if we didn't have those turnovers, it's a completely different game. We scored a touchdown after every single one of those interceptions. Yeah. When, yeah. When's yeah. the last time that's happened? Yeah. So. I mean, that's uh, that is phenomenal that, that we that we were able to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm happier than. Uh, uh, yeah. Very. It was. It was very encouraging. Yeah. Converting turnovers. I said, I told your father when the Browns lose, I have a rotten week all week long. Oh well, it's the week's looking up then. That's good. <laughs> Got to hey, see. You need to go to your birthday dinner and not and not be in a good mood. Yeah, where are you guys going to eat tonight? <laughs> we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Olive Garden. Olive Garden, yeah. They're still social distancing, so so we <laughs> wanted to go to a bigger place than Stavros. So. <laughs> That's probably a good call. Yeah. All right, I like that decision. Um, well, you guys enjoy it. Okay. All right, guys. Nice, look, talking, look, nice look, talking to you guys. Looks like the uh, Eagles just tied it up with the Bengals. So it's, that could be interesting. Let's <laughs> see some Joe Burrow magic. Hopefully he can pull yeah. it off. Yeah. Hey, this guy is going to be one hell of a good quarterback. I just Burrow. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm a, a little bit uh, apprehensive that we're going to have to face him twice a year. But, uh, you know. We'll no, he's he going to be good. Did you see that hit that he took oh earlier in the game? We did. He got crushed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he's still alive. Yeah, that was that was pretty rough. <laughs> he won't be for long if he keeps taking hits like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have fun. Tell Aunt okay, Marge we thanks, said hey. Guys. Good All talking right. to you guys. All right. You too. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. I think we need to approach Anheuser-Busch for a, for a Budweiser sponsorship. Uh, he, was pre- he was pretty adamant that he, he's a Budweiser man. If, if it's not Bud Heavy, oh, man. It's Bud Heavy or nothing else. And he's been pretty heavy. I mean, he's been pretty steady on the Bud Heavy for a good 10, 15 years now. He, he used to drink Milwaukee's best. He used to too. drink, I remember Bush Light, like some of the ice beers. Yeah. Like, he, he loves the ice beers. Yeah. He's the only person I've ever met who, like, goes out of his way to buy them like bud ice whatever uh, that is but anyways uh, man <laughs> what a guy happy happy 59th birthday to to grandpa yeah oh man but hey mentioning that we actually have a winning record now that kind of feels weird two and one two and one first time the browns have had a winning record since 
after the Atlanta Falcons game in 2014 when we were seven. Well, no, we had a winning record for after the Before next that, two losses, yeah. but that was the best point. That the was highest the, point. the highest point, the peak of the last winning record yes. we had. So. I think the reason I've been thinking about this, because like every time I think along the lines of we have a winning record, that makes me feel good. But other teams just laugh at the fact that it's been such a long time since the Browns have had that winning record. And I think the reason I it's not that exciting for me right now, like if I really dwell on it, I can muster up some joy. But the teams we beat, we expected to beat. Like it's not even... It, I mean, if you came into the season and told me, all right, you're going to lose to the Ravens, you're going to beat the Bengals, and you're going to beat the Redskins, it's like... Okay, like, what are you going to do against the Cowboys? Like, <laughs> like I, I, I'm not that excited to have not put like, and, and they weren't emphatic victories where I felt like we dominated the Bengals and the Redskins necessarily, and so I'm not overly optimistic about this Browns team. I feel like okay, we're making some progress, we're making some traction. Like we had something stacked against us, and we're kind of where I hoped we would be at this point. And like that, that feels fine but i'm not overjoyed yeah but you have to win those games and then we contrast it to to years in the past where there were and even last year with the season opener and the titans like we viewed that as as the game that you you should win and get off to a good start and turns out the titans were actually good um and blew us out of the water in that game this this feels different It, it feels good to to get a solid start to the season where you don't feel like there's you're just like trying to swim just to stay above water you can actually have some breathing room going into a game against the Cowboys which is is winnable like the Browns can play with the Cowboys it's an interesting matchup where their strength meets our weakness but I'm interested to talk about this on the back one thing so you can kind of play with a little bit of freedom knowing that you're two and one and in worst case scenario you come out being 500 two and two Yep. That's right where you need to be. Much rather heading in with 2-1, and one, no doubt. Um, and we'll get to that Cowboys game on the back end of this. Uh, but let's talk about the game yesterday. I mean, it was it was kind of a weird one. I mean, um, what are your big thoughts and takeaways like coming out of it? I've got two takeaways coming out of this. That I mean, the story of this game was the turnovers. No doubt. 5-0. to zero is you're, You cannot lose an NFL football game. If the turnover margin is five to zero, think about how angry we would be right now. Oh, if we came away on the wrong side of this game be, with those kind of turnovers, it would just be unbelievable. And then my second thought: that Washington D line is as good as advertised. When they before some of those injuries took place, Chase Young left the game. I think it was the second quarter. Um, Ioannidis got injured as well. Left. That D-line is very, very good. We were struggling to run the football, struggling to get a push early in that game in the first half. No. Um, and it opened up after we kind of wore them down over time. But that defense can be good which if they ride that D-line. That statement you just made after we wore them down over time, like I don't know that I've ever been able to say that about a Browns team. And we've now done that two weeks in a row to like secure and like stamp out a victory well if if we get ahead we're we're very well positioned to 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 ride out the clock to grind out teams to move move the ball keep the possession shorten the game our offensive line is playing nasty and those running backs we can just rotate them right on through like and it keeps them fresh it's it's just fun to see like I've always been jealous of the team that could kind of keep moving the chains it's like what teams always did to us control games yeah and I don't. It, it's a very odd sensation to be on this on this side of it. So I'm I'm going to dwell on it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to bathe in it for as long as as long as we can here. I feel like this win was efficient, and and it, there's some things to take away from from this game and be optimistic about. Five turnovers, we scored points off each one, except that random fumble before the half. All three um, interceptions, we scored touchdowns yeah, after. Exactly. Like, not just points, because, like, you know, you end up in good field position, so you're in position, you know, in some cases to kick a field goal. But we didn't just, like, kind of get the bare minimum. We put we had, the pedal to the metal and turned it into – made him actually made him pay and turned it into a touchdown yeah, in all our, three of those interceptions. Our final two touchdown drives were only three plays apiece. Efficient. After the turnover, um, punch it in the end zone, line back up. 
But we were also down in this game. In, t- in the third quarter, wasn't it? Yes, that we were down in that this game. The third quarter was pretty brutal. And we responded. Like, we gave up 13 points in that third quarter and scored none. Yep. It was a bad quarter. At that point, we were down. Yeah, it didn't feel good. 20 to 17. It didn't and feel then, good. And I then felt we that respond. familiar feeling. I know. It felt like it was getting out of control and getting away from us. And yet we responded with 17 straight unanswered points in the fourth quarter. We had really. that one key drive. It was, And it kind of felt like the only... I mean, it was the only drive that wasn't precipitated by a turnover that we scored a touchdown on in, on the game, I think. And we put a nice, long, controlled drive together, and it felt like, okay, the Browns have control of this game and can make this yep. happen. Uh, 11 plays, 75 yards, 6 minutes, 6 seconds off the clock to come back take the lead, 24 to 20. This one being capped off by the Kareem Hunt touchdown off the left guard. Mm-hmm. Or Harrison Bryant touchdown in the back of the end zone. My bad. No, but that... That drive, being able to respond, being able to kind of not panic, control the clock, control the will. Um, and then when you've got a guy, Miles Garrett continues to show up in the <laughs> most, about to bring in the most opportune moments. Because that the, the next Washington drive is an interception. Um, that's uh, Smith's interception. And we get another touchdown. And then the next drive after that for Washington is the Miles Garrett's strip sack. Fumble Miles, recovery. That that singular play showed me so much about Miles. Like I think a young, inexperienced player just goes after the quarterback and he, doesn't and he's no, okay, ball hunting. It's one thing to go after the ball, but a lot of times when you're going after the ball, it's like as you're bringing the guy down. Miles knew he had so much control, he could go after the ball. He didn't have to do anything else, and he then had all the composure that he had. And as he's standing right there. And Dwayne Haskins kicks the ball right up into his lap, essentially. And he's right there. So he has a strip sack and the fumble recovery that completely flips the game. Yeah. Second week in a row, Miles Garrett come up in an opportune moment to get that strip sack. Um, Those are the kind of impact plays that you want out of your best defensive player. Well, according to the best defensive players in the NFL. I mean... According to Grampy, he wasn't doing anything the rest of the game. So it's a good thing he showed up in that play. I don't know why Miles – I don't know what people expect because he's, he's near the top of the league in all of like the defensive like pass rush categories. Pressures, sacks, forced mm-hmm. fumbles. If somebody would actually watch – so I think a standard fan, which Grandpa probably falls in the category of a standard fan, is watching the games for like the outcome. You're watching the game for the outcome. You're not looking at the process in any way. And if you if you would actually sit and watch or like rewatch the game after if you wanted to and watch Miles Garrett on every play and then make a comment like that, like you're truly foolish because they pay attention to Miles Garrett on nearly every single passing play. Every team so far this season has yeah. done this where they either dedicate an extra tight end and double team him or they dedicate uh, a running back to at least chip and send him off of his normal like course and path yeah. of pass rush. And when he's drawing that much attention, that's freeing stuff up for guys like Sheldon Richardson, who's been playing extremely well as a pass rusher. For Porter Gustin, who's been in the backfield consistently. Because guess what? He's one-on-one, and no one else is paying him any mind because Miles Garrett is getting every bit of the attention on the other side. And even still, Miles is able to come in and make some of these game-changing plays in the opportune moments. And so, like, the guy is just absolutely destroying I, it. I haven't seen, I haven't looked at our um, defensive numbers, our, our use of the blitz or not. It doesn't feel like we're sending blitzers very often. We've um, been sending guys off the edge. Tavier Thomas in the in the first three weeks is blitzed off the edge on a handful of occasions. Um, I'd be interested to see if that increases. Joe Woods is coming out of that um, kind of Wade Phillips brand of defense where you you bring five guys fairly consistently. Yeah. Um, it does not fit. We have not been sending like lots of pressure. We've been relying on our front yeah. to it's generate not, the it's pressure. It's not Greg Williams. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
And but the times that we've schemed some stuff is part is some of the some of the pressure that we have seen from Garrett is like when he's they've either moved him inside so that it's a lot harder for them to double team him or, you know, have created some stunts. Um, it's it's well, been good, but we have I don't feel like we've actually been all that creative with with our fronts so far. Well, and that's I think that's room for opportunity. Like there's so many things that you can do from that either adding blitzers on Miles Garrett's side to free up the blitzer or free up Miles or just either or and see what happens. Um, Miles has been great. <laughs> anybody anybody who says he's not impacting the game um, is has an interesting take. Um, We're talking to you, Grandpa. Somebody else who was good yesterday but people still seem to be disappointed in is Baker. Baker was efficient, only threw for 150 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions he was for six, the first time in the last I think nine was, games. He had eight games in a row, so yeah. Uh, he was 16 to 23, I think, for the second game in a row, which is kind of funny. I mean, fantastic that we are in a game script where he only has to throw the ball 23 times. That That's a good situation yeah. for the Cleveland Browns. And I think what people are seeing is they're looking at box scores. At the end of the day, they're looking at he only threw for 150 yards. Uh, other quarterbacks are throwing for for 300 yards. And in this game, we had the ball in opportune positions so often. We we only had to go 25 yards multiple times to get a touchdown. And yeah. we converted that. We we maximized the point value on each drive. Yeah. And that's the efficiency you want to see. Those yards are going to come when you're in a different field yeah. position. I hear your point. I largely agree with you. If you are looking at the box score and you're looking at counting stats to measure the success of Baker Mayfield, then you're probably going to be disappointed. Personally, what disappointed me in Baker in this game was a handful of plays early on, particularly in the first half, where it was schemed up well, he had the opportunity to throw, and just missed his target on a couple different occasions. When he had a clean pocket, he had his feet, and he went to fire. I mentioned two of them. I remember during the game. So, so there was the and one. To, there was the one to Harrison Bryant, which I think Harrison Bryant stopped. Yes, that down. was a deeper crossing route. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison Bryant, for whatever reason, just like hesitated, and Baker threw it. You could tell that Baker was frustrated and was trying yep. to tell him to come across. And it. then there and was the one to Odell that Odell had to break up the interception, which Baker was clearly frustrated with the the option or the the angle that Odell took on that route. Yeah, but those are not the ones that I was worried about the throws on. Yes, at first I thought that Baker missed Harrison Bryant on that one, but on the the replay it was very evident that he he was short. There was an out route, I think it was to Kadero Hodge, but I might be wrong, to the right sideline. That was just a complete whiff and a complete miss. He did the same thing to Odell on on a throw where he had his feet, he was in rhythm, and he went to throw it, and he just completely missed. And... Those are the ones that are a little bit hard for me. Like, if you're an NFL quarterback and your coach schemes it up perfect, you take your drop and you go to throw it and you can't put it where it need, like in the vicinity of where it needs to be. Like, I I have a problem there, and we we didn't see much of that against the Bengals. He was pretty much on target the entire day, um, but we saw it a handful of times um, yesterday, and it didn't hurt us too bad. I mean, we were able to win the game, but in like really big games when you're playing a really tough opponent you can't give away easy completions and expect to win. Like you got to take advantage of every one that they give you. Well, we can't, but he's not going to be perfect. And at the end of the day, he was 16 to 23. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. Um, but you still can't give away the easy ones. I mean, it, it's not a matter of, if you look on the whole 16 to 23, yes, is good. But when there's two gimmies that he just kind of flushed down the toilet, like that's what prevented us from putting points on the board because we didn't move the sticks in the first half. Like we didn't go anywhere. We had no sustained drives. That whole first half was really miserable. Yeah, and the I mean the Hodge play that you're talking about is later in the game. It was on a third and eighteen um, to Kadero Hodge, incomplete pass to him. Um, I mean he can get better. We can. We we haven't done certain things in the passing game. We haven't worked the seams quite like we we have in years past. Um, I mean, I think we haven't engaged the tight ends in the passing game um, nearly as much. And a lot of that 
has to do with we're just not passing the ball that much. I mean, only 23 pass attempts the last two weeks. Um, that's that's not a lot of balls to go around for people, especially when a significant portion of those are going to Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, it's only 23 pass attempts. You said 28. It's only been 23. Um, yeah, I – might have zoned out a second while you're just saying. Did you mention screen that the screen game has not? Well, been we part we, of the- we haven't done that. Um, yeah. and it's just so interesting to me. I'm, I don't know if it's our is Kevin Stefanski taking a different approach with with the players that he has on the roster, or are we um, holding stuff back and kind of working in the offense and we can shift and adapt throughout the year? Yeah, I don't know. And another thing that was interesting to me, and unfortunately, JoJo Natson came, you know injured his knee and is going to be out for the year. But we'd run – every time Natson came in, we had him running in, you know, like a jet sweep motion. Running in motion. And, you know, there was a handful of times where people on film noticed that, like, it was open if we had gone to it. And we finally did hand it off to him on that motion this past week, which I was glad to see to keep defenses honest as we're, like, moving forward and we're giving them different looks. Who, who fills that role? Do we go wide receiver and it goes, like, Donovan Peoples-Jones? Do we take one of our better receivers and put him there? Or Kareem Hunt could fill that role? It's a great question. I'm very interested to see how I could see any of those things happening. Personally, I would – I just want to see Donovan Peoples-Jones in the field. Like, I don't know that that's the best answer. Well, he's but gotta, like, selfishly, he's like, going to have a shot now. Yeah. I mean, Natson's out for the year with a torn ACL. You'd think he would uh, get um, kick return opportunities, you know, as a result of this. Well, well, let's talk about this. I mean, who Who is going to return our kicks? Um, Peoples-Jones was a punt returner at Michigan. Um, didn't really return return kickoffs, but is No one probably returns kickoffs kick- in the NFL anymore. Yeah. So, I don't – uh, Ernest Johnson is a special teamer, returned some kickoffs for us. Um, I mean, I would expect this between those two guys. It's Peoples Jones or Dearness Johnson. And if you're asking me, I would say I'd rather see Peoples Jones. I'd rather see a wide receiver there yeah. catching the football Yeah, every, I, every single time. I think I'm he's fine more... on kickoffs if Dearness Johnson's back there. I mean, that kind of makes a little more sense on a kickoff to yeah. me. Um, straight line, run ahead, see the gap, see the hole. Um, but people's Jones, I want somebody that's going to be a little more sure handed and has a little bit of wiggle. So anyways, um, as we look to our defense, we, we talked about the five interceptions is, or is five it, turnovers before we move on yeah. from Jojo Nesson. This is kind of a heartless thing to say, but is it bad that when I saw it, I was like, well, if somebody in the Browns had to get a torn ACL, I'm kind of glad it was him. Like I literally had that thought and I was like, Michael, I mean, you're an awful yeah, human being. That is, but that, all that's, these... a, that's an awful human being thing to do. However, I don't think the Browns, I don't think the team is impacted greatly by the loss of Jojo Natson for the year. Right. Right. Um, and so many teams are, you know, seeing players go down at significant positions. And who knows, who knows, maybe there were more plays in the playbook for Jojo Natson that they were waiting to maybe, maybe this kind of foils a whole, a whole plan because yep. the coaches seemed to like Joe Jeanette. I was surprised at how many offensive snaps he'd gotten already you know, in the was, first three it, weeks. It was a, it wasn't a ton each week, but there was the, definitely a dedicated number of of plays that yeah, you know, packages that included Natson. Yeah. He was getting more run on offense than I expected. I didn't even expect him to make the team out of camp, to be honest. But they they liked him on special teams. That was what he was brought here for. So we talked about the five turnovers. Um, two of those were interceptions. Three of those, Three of were, those interceptions? were interceptions. Three of those were interceptions. Two by the linebackers. I know. I mean, Malcolm Smith's was the best interception. I mean, that was the best play. Like I felt like he actually made a play on that ball. Goodson's was pretty good. It was a it was a, a throw good that catch. never should have. It was been a good thrown. catch, but it was Haskins' fault. Yeah. Like that was a, just a terrible yeah. throw by Haskins. Yeah. Whereas Malcolm Smith, I felt like undercut the route and like made the play. He he did, but that was also a terrible. Like it wasn't, Haskins, like, it wasn't projected it the whole way. And then uh, Carl Josephs was just the classic free safety um, yep. overthrow. Yep, opportunistic interception. The gift. Um, obviously, two of those interceptions were by linebackers. Uh, how do we feel about our defensive secondary? I mean, that's been the weakness thus far on the defense. Um, Denzel Ward started this game, did not play in the second half. I don't. Have like, an update on his injury status. That concerns me. Kevin it's, Johnson came back and played yeah, played on, well. On Denzel Ward, I think Stefanski was asked about it and didn't seem too concerned about him like, you know, re injuring 
it or anything like that. I don't know if he was just sore or what, but or, could, if, he, or if he just felt like he wasn't himself and couldn't keep up. I mean, yeah, that he, could be the case as well. He did give up a touchdown um, in the first half, if I recall correctly. Um, we need him in the Cowboys game, but it was great to have Kevin Johnson back. He's looked solid from everything that I could tell. There were not any egregious plays that he gave up. That's for darn sure. And um, Money Mitch is playing some good football. Like he's playing really, really well. Like I am super pleased with that situation. So he's played himself into into his. I know this has been talked about, but he. I mean, when Greedy comes back, oh, Greedy's not walking into no. To Greedy's the spot. getting like opportunity limited opportunities i feel like which is probably a good thing like if he's you know been a little rusty hasn't been on the field like it's not like greedy's got a whole lot of experience underneath his belt at this point anyway so like i feel much better about terrence mitchell um being in there and then greedy getting you know eased in over over the coming weeks so hopefully that's the that's the scenario we're walking into against dallas this week well and and hopefully that means we don't have to see tavier thomas and mj stewart playing playing yeah. corner very much because both of them are just giving up pass coverage. MJ Stewart was one of our worst ranked defenders. Did you see the snap counts? Sendejo and Carl Joseph played every single snap. And that's that's where I want to go to. What should our expectation be for Ronnie Harrison at this point? I mean, he got traded to the Browns right before the, the season opener. Um, there's not a lot of practices. There's not a during lot of, the season. There's like, not, but what's his opportunity to, to get up to speed? I would have thought that this game he would have gotten more of a run. He didn't. I mean, I know he's not like an all pro or a pro, even a Pro Bowl caliber player. You know, I think he's an above uh, uh, an average to above average safety in the NFL. But he's probably better than the two guys we've got. That's what when I, they're on the like same playing field, right? Like, I mean, Carl Joseph's been playing pretty well. I feel pretty confident. I don't know that Carl Joseph's been playing well. Um, I think he's been playing fine. I'm glad he got that interception. That and helps. that and that hit. Oh, that hit was nasty. Yes, that hit was nasty. I definitely think Ronnie Harrison's a better player than Andrew Sandejo. And Andrew Sandejo's played nearly every defensive snap we've had so far this season. And so that's the biggest surprise to me is that that. Sendejo hasn't, you know, his playing time hasn't been cut into at all by Ronnie Harrison. I mean, I'm just thinking of a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, who is a, probably a different caliber player than Ronnie Harrison. But when he got traded last year from the Dolphins to the Steelers, just, he was um, playing instantaneously. Yeah, playing immediately and, you know, like... Didn't skip a beat. Right. Was making turn up, like, and maybe you have to dumb down the defense, like, and maybe we're not interested in doing that right now. I don't know. But... It seems like if we wanted to put Ronnie Harrison out there and get an upgrade from Andrew Sandejo, or if the coaches thought that Ronnie Harrison could be an improvement over what we've got in that safety in the safety group right now, that that, that it would be happening, and it's not happening right now. So, like, there's a red flag there somewhere. It also is, is it he also, slow picking it up? Like, there just seems a lot of feels possibilities. Like safety more than most positions on defense is something that you can pick up probably quicker. I would think like, because, because you're on the back end, like you've, you've, you've got to see it all in front of you. You've got your certain responsibilities. Like I would imagine linebackers really difficult. I would imagine, um, corner, unless you're just doing man all the time, is probably pretty difficult. Um, I don't know. I, I'm surprised that he is still only playing. I think he had six snaps on defense this week. Yeah. Very few. Um, so, we need. And we've been saying that we, we were, need another body to work in there at safety um, because relying on Carl Joseph and Sendejo for the rest of the rest of the way is probably not going to cut it. Yeah, I agree. And I, I get so sad when I think about the the possibility that Grant Delpit could have been running around there, and be, we're saying, being and, being fun and making plays. And we've said it over and over again, but Sheldrick Redwine continues to only play in special teams, which is interesting as well. Yeah. Especially when it's not like there's three guys ahead of him that are locked in the spots. Yeah, I mean... Like, we, we've chosen to play Tavier Thomas. We've chosen to play our two safeties 100% of the time and and not mix up the looks. Yep. 
I'm coming into the year knowing how many DBs um, Joe Woods likes to play. I expected Redwine to be in some sort of a rotation. Not that I expected him to get a majority of snaps, you know, necessarily on defense, but I definitely thought he was going to have a role in a rotational capacity. And that just hasn't been the case yet. Tavier Thomas just just sniping his sniping his snaps, but he's one of those football guys. He's one of those <laughs> football guys. Um, I I love when Tommy Tavier gets ahead of steam though and just has to make a tackle, just like see it and tackle it because oh, he's as sure a tackler as we have. He's very very good at that. Um, speaking of the secondary, we're going in this game against Dallas, and let's let's talk about this upcoming game against Dallas. Dallas is such an interesting team. They have. Four, I don't like the way they match up against us. They have I don't four like the, wide receivers that have looked very good. Dak has looked great. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line is beat up. Very much so. They're, they're missing pieces there. Do and we they, know? And do they have haven't been able to run the football. No, they haven't been year. able to run the football. Do you have any read on if any of those offensive linemen are coming back? Or are they? No, I have not heard anything that would indicate that they're coming back. Yep. I know that Tyron Smith has a neck injury. He hasn't played the last two weeks. Um, Man, they have huge. Zach Martin playing right tackle instead of his, his typical guard position. I mean, so if their starting tackles are out for this game, particularly Tyron Smith, I feel a lot better about our chances. Well, because that's... Because we Cause match up terribly against like their wide receivers. I know. We don't have our, the horses in the secondary right now to, to run with them. Denzel Ward's the only one. I feel I mean, okay. Money Mitch will I mean, probably be fine. I fun. feel okay with how our corners would hold up on, on their side, but I do not feel okay with our coverage at the next level with the, with the safeties. With the safeties. Yeah. Like, I just think that we're leaving way too many open looks in the middle of zones like every single week. I mean, Dwayne Haskins was taking advantage of it. So, I mean, are you kidding me? Like, how is how are the Cowboys not going to completely like just torch us? Well, and that's the what air? that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to shorten those those windows to throw by by bringing pressure. If yeah. if you can bring it with four and take advantage of a weak defensive line, or if you need to bring an extra guy. Or get creative with with stunts and do whatever to yeah. manufacture tend- pressure pressure on Dak because if he's got time with those wide receivers, somebody's getting open and he's going to find them. Yep, I am super nervous about when the Cowboys have the ball. Um, but this could be a shootout because Dallas's defense is terrible. It could be a shootout, but I don't. This is the problem: is I feel like it's going to become a shootout because I'm pretty confident the Cowboys are going to be able to score points on us. Okay, that's like position A. Position B is, I don't think the Browns are comfortable enough yet in the offensive system to be able to hang in a shootout. I think there's too many questions. Like, Baker is has been good. I feel like he's progressing. Like, I'm not being pessimistic, but I just don't think that he's ready to go out there and play a game where he's going to fire on all cylinders and go, like, tit for tat with Dak Prescott in you know and win in a shootout-style game. I just don't see that happening. I, th- I see a, mu- a much more likely scenario is the Browns trying to get up in a lead and try to control the game. But aren't the aren't the Cowboys? I mean, in a way, they're they're similar to the Bengals. They're they're just better at the wide receiver and the quarterback position right now. But roster wise, they're fairly similarly constructed right now, where that offensive line isn't very good. They're going to spread the ball out, lots of wide receivers, throw the ball, and their defense is probably not going to be able to stop you. And the, we, we got up on the Bengals. And the interesting thing is, see, this is the thing, is their defensive line is good. The Cowboys' defensive line is pretty solid. Um, it's the strength of their defense. They're good on the ends. Yeah. It's the strength of their defense. And their, their secondary is bad. Yeah, Secondary's beat up, and it's and, bad. And the, the linebackers are struggling right now because I think Van Der Esch is out. and Sean Lee is always out. Yeah. and But I am interested to see what the offensive game plan is from Stefanski in this particular game because everyone else that's played the Cowboys has been torching them through the air. Well, I want to be able to – what I don't feel like we do and I feel like teams do to us is pick on the pick on the turd, to, to quote Pete Smith. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like we identify that person and just, like, just take advantage of them until they're whooped. Yep. You know? And we've got the – and 
maybe we have. Maybe because it's interior D linemen or something in, in weeks past, and we're just pounding right, the like rock on the Bengals. Them, you know? They had the but injuries. In, in the passing game, we don't, we don't seem to be targeting that one guy and taking advantage of it. Um, yep. I would like to see whether it's Jarvis, whether it's a tight end, whether it's Odell on the outside, find ways to get matched up on, on the guy who's the weak spot. Yeah, you have to think Odell's going to have be able to win his matchup all day long oh, yeah. against the Cowboys. Even when healthy, week. I don't think they've got a guy who can yeah. who can consistently keep up, and and they're yep. weakened by injuries there. So it's going to be very interesting uh, if we can force some turnovers. I mean, if if you get this game, if if our D line can dominate, it's going to go a long way to help our back end secondary. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, and it would go a long way if we're fully healthy. If Greedy comes back to play, if Denzel's back to play, we can go Mitchell, Greedy, Kevin Johnson, Denzel as our top four cover guys. Yep. I don't know. It's going to so be anyways, tough. It, this game has me nervous. Um, there is a chance we are actually going to be in person watching this game. In Jerry World. <laughs> Which um, is is exciting. I feel like those plans should have been solidified by now. <laughs> well, uh, we're planning to be there. Let's just put it that way. Um, this plans came together here uh, in the last few days, and we're just trying to nail down the details. But it has me nervous in a similar way to the game we got to see last season, early on in the season against the Rams. It's like a, a big offense coming to play our defense that I don't feel that but you, strong about. Do you about. remember how dominant Aaron Donald was in that game yes. against us? Yeah. No, the, they, the Cowboys, the don't Cowboys have that, do not have, I mean, they've got Alden Smith who's playing really, really well given the circumstances, but he's no Aaron Donald right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to have to put up points. We're going to have to put up points. We're going to have to put up points on the road. This is a much easier game knowing that there's very few fans in the stands. Um, this is one of those like go on the road games that yeah, it yeah. makes it a lot easier. That would be a lot harder in normal circumstances. And I mean the Cowboys, the Cowboys are almost zero and three. I just want they had to come back against the Falcons. Like maybe are we overvaluing the Cowboys like flash on offense? It's possible. Um, Who did they lose I, to week one? The Raiders? No. Who did they lose to week one? They lost to a good team. Because they almost didn't beat the Falcons. Had to have the onside kick come back, scored 15 points in the last couple minutes. They lost to the Rams in week one. Lost to the Rams in week one. They've had a difficult schedule. No doubt. But they're giving up points in droves. Not crazy. I mean, they only gave up 20 to the Rams. I, the thing, I, I said it just a few minutes ago. I think we're going to have to score points to keep up with the Rams or to keep up with the Cowboys. And I'm really interested to see what game plan Stefanski comes up with and where this offense is from a development standpoint on whether we what we can execute. Because what we have been able to rely on thus far is a reliable run game late into games that can like physically dominate the other team. I would like to see We have us. not been able to move the ball consistently early on in games, um, which would be really nice to see. And maybe we've played, called it conservatively up to this point. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just super interested. It's still early in this Kevin Stefanski era. And so I don't know what to expect necessarily. It's a different type of team as far as like what the Cowboys present and what their strengths and weaknesses are from a defensive standpoint than what we've seen, I think, in some recent weeks. Um, and so I'm just interested to see if we air it out a little bit more is really, is really what it comes down to. Yeah, and it could be airing it out. It could also be short, simple passes. I mean, it, it could be take advantage of the soft middle of the field where the linebackers aren't good, uh, work some screen action in there, which we haven't really worked into the offense yet. Uh, but we're going to have to find a way to, to move the ball and score points. Um, but if we do get ahead, we can hold on to that ball, keep it moving. So it'll be, it'll be an interesting game. And so this is one of those games that we're going to pick, Michael. How 
Let's move on to the lines. Give us a quick update on on where we finished. I have a feeling I did pretty well last week. Yeah, no, that it was a pretty good week. We're actually all doing well so far this season, to be fair. And it played out perfectly where you actually went undefeated and Mark won one more than me. And I had a little bit of an off week, but it evened us all out. So we've picked eight games and we've each picked five correctly and lost three. So if we were in Vegas, we'd be winning a good amount of money right now. Um, But we're all square heading into week four. As always, we pick Thursday night, Sunday night, and the Browns game. Thursday night might be the worst Thursday night game that could be possibly the worst game of the week. It was it was bad when they scheduled it before the season started, and now it has just. I I watch just about every single football game that's on, pro football game that's on TV. This one will be a hard one. To might not stomach. even turn this one on. Yep, the Denver Broncos, possibly starting Blake Bortles, who just signed with them last week. Yikes! Or or Rippin are heading to play the New York Jets, who are really, really bad looking. Like, haven't even had a prayer of winning a game yet. Um, And the Broncos are favored by three at this particular moment in time. Who do you have in this game? It's really hard to pick either side. It's like to actually root for either side or to like have any sort of faith or belief in either side. I'm just, I'm just gonna take I'm just gonna take the Jets with that extra three point cushion, <laughs> and like something's got to give here. I I can't find a reason why the Broncos should beat up on the Jets any more than the Jets should beat up on the Broncos. Like to I'm me, gonna, I'm gonna take those points. To me, I picked the Broncos, and to me, the biggest thing is like coaching. I feel like there's more stability inside that organization on the Broncos side sideline than there is on the Jets, but I, I don't feel great about it. I mean, we will see what will happen. We who's, had, who's the best player in this game? Bradley Chubb. That's, that was the name that I had on the tip of my tongue, but I was trying to see if I could come up with somebody else better. Yikes. Probably Bradley Chubb. A really, I mean, Bradley Chubb's a really, really good player. Like, don't get me wrong, but Ugh. who's the next closest? I mean, what's his face? Jarrell Casey, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's brutal. It's it's an ugly game. No, no two ways about it. Um, Mark sent us his line, well, his picks. He also is taking the Broncos, so we'll hold him to that. The Sunday night game is the Philadelphia struggling Eagles heading to San Francisco to play the 49ers who are favored by six and a half points in this game. I believe Nick Mullins is still. Nick Mullins will still be the starter. Starter for But the it doesn't matter who, who plays quarterback for the 49ers. That's what everybody says at least. Nick, um, Nick Mullins was so good when he had to fill in for Jimmy G two years ago. He was pretty good this past week too. Yeah, Especially if really you good. look at his stat line. I think it was pretty pretty solid. Um, fat man just scored. That's Mitchell Schwartz, isn't it? No, it's Eric Fisher. Um, anyways, so I'll, I'll pick this one first and it's a hard one for me to pick. Six and a half points is a good number of points, particularly when the Philadelphia Eagles are like a desperate team that like really needs to make something happen. Yes. And that combination of factors is hard for me to figure out. Like, you know, do I think, think that San Francisco probably is more likely to win this game? Yes, but the Eagles need, 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 need to win this game. And so simply because of that desperation, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles in this game. Yeah, and San Francisco's defense is so beat up um, with without Nick Bosa, but... Six and a half points. The Eagles just don't have anything like dynamic on offense. I'm I'll, I'm going to take San Francisco. I believe in I believe in Kyle Shanahan. All right, Mark took the Eagles with me as well. Unfortunately, I'm aligning with Mark. Never feels good. Um, but that brings us to the Browns and Cowboys game. We talked about it. I have lots of trepidation. Um, just with that Dallas passing offense, like uh, I'm concerned about the Browns being able to do anything there. The Cowboys are favored by four and a half points in this game being played in Dallas. 
um, I could see this thing going in so many different directions. It's really what it, like, when I think about this game, I don't have a good sense of how it's going to play out. I, I feel like there's a lot of different possibilities. Um, Mark picked the Browns to cover the four and a half points. I am picking the Browns to cover the four and a half points. I'm also taking the Browns to cover the four and a half points because I think the Browns are better than the Cowboys in every phase of the game except for the passing offense. Match us up against them, their unit against us. I think we're favored. And so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take quantity over quality and I'm gonna take the Cleveland Browns. Well, I hope that we do more than just cover. I hope that we come away with a W because I will truly feel good about the season and the trajectory of our season. Three and one. If we're three and one coming off of a win on the road against the Cowboys, like that will truly put me like at the next level. Like no one will be able to shut me up next week if that is the case. Whereas right now I feel like as I let off the show, I feel like, uh, okay, I will be on cloud freaking nine next week if we beat if we beat the cowboys no matter how ugly it is like if we beat the cowboys i will be so pumped so imagine this scenario we beat the cowboys they're one and three the eagles win they're one and one two and one leading that division at one two and one because washington football team is playing baltimore and it's probably not gonna win no that division is one two and one could be leading that division that's the funniest thing is the cowboys probably feel good about their chances to win that division. Oh, yeah. No, they're sitting in the like, catbird the seat. The Giants, the Washington football team, and the Eagles are their other teams they have to worry about. And they haven't played any of them yet. That's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. They've got all six of those. Yeah, their schedule's about to get much easier. Yep. So, I'm well, excited. We're hoping uh, to be there. We're hoping to cheer on the Browns and make fools of ourselves in front of a bunch of Cowboys fans. Not as many as in... in, in normal years but it's true but we'll see um this will be fun this has been a fun season so far can't wait to see how this plays out so thank you all for listening that'll be it for this week um be sure to find us on itunes rate and review us if you can um reach out to us you can send us an email at sin of our fathers at gmail.com uh we're on twitter and instagram at sin of our fathers um as always we appreciate you uh we're in this together go browns go browns Thank you.